Welcome to Five. Aqua JPIA staff will ask guests five questions. The five questions will focus on pooling, water, risk, HR, and leadership. Five responses with valuable information for JPI member agencies, boards, and staff. Thank you for listening. Please welcome our host and guest for today. Thank you for joining us today for a bonus episode of Five. We're taking a break from our regular five-question podcast format to bring you highlights from a recent JPIA Hot Java and Hot HR Topics webinar, Remote Workers and Workers' Compensation with Melody Tucker. If you didn't already know, JPIA hosts the Hot Java sessions on the third Thursday each month. It's a 30-minute webinar with insights and helpful resources on HR-related topics. After you listen to this webinar, head to our website at www.aquajpia.com, select Training and JPIA Webinars to register. In the meantime, here's a preview of our Hot Java and Hot HR Topics. I'd like to welcome you to our remote workers and workers' compensation hot Java and hot HR topic. Melody Tucker is going to be our presenter today, and she is our JPIA workers' compensation manager. So with that, Melody. Good morning, everybody. So as you know, after the pandemic, we started having more remote workers, and that includes the JPIA. So I thought it'd be a nice topic to go over um, as far as workers' compensation and remote workers. So the first thing you want to ask is, is the remote remote worker covered under workers' compensation? And yes, the answer is basically it's yes. But it's a little different for a, a remote worker. They need to show burden of proof that they were acting in the interest of the employer when they sustained an injury. So anytime you have somebody who's injured and at home, if they feel they want to file it as workers' comp, you have to provide them a DWC-1 claim form and then send the claim to us and let us do the investigation so we can determine whether or not it is compensable. So when you're thinking of work injuries, what are you looking at? And I did some research and the number one injury that occurs when working from home is slip, trip, and falls, and the second is cumulative trauma due to poor ergonomics. Now, I kind of would have thought that would have been reversed, but actually they show slip, trip, and falls as being number one. So what can we do? What can we do to prevent a slip, trip, and fall injury from occurring when somebody's working at home? Well, first thing is, you know, you want to make sure the employees are wearing sensible shoes. They don't need to be wearing slippers walking around the house because slippers are slippery and they can fall. You know, you're working around kids, you're working around pets, so you want to make sure that employees are cleaning up spills, water on the floor. You want to make sure that the work area or the home is clear of clutter. You want to make sure the home is well lit because if you don't have good lighting, you're going to start having eye problems besides slip-driven falls when you go to get something. And you want to make sure the cords are secured safely. You don't want them going across the room and then have your employee get up from their desk to go into the kitchen to get a cup of coffee and trip over a power cord that's going across the floor. What about ergonomic injuries? How can we prevent ergonomic injuries? Well, the first thing you need to do is as, as the employer, you need to assess the person's home area, where they're working. Is that employee sitting at a 
dining room table and a dining room chair and working on their computer from the dining room. Well, that's not ergonomically correct. Usually at the table sits a little higher. You know, they definitely don't are not sitting in a desk chair and at a desk level. So you want to assess the work area. Is the keyboard set up? Is the computer set up correctly? You know, if you have an employee who's working on a laptop, what you should do is have them attach a separate keyboard. It's a lot easier to work on a keyboard versus the keyboard that's on a laptop. You want to assess the chair and the table and the level of the table and the desk. A lot of employers I know um, when this first started had employees take home their office chair. Well, since then, a lot of employers have had employees come back to the office. So now they have two work areas. So I'm not sure if some of you are providing um, ergonomic chairs for them to use at home along with the chair that they have in the office. That's up to you. Also, you want to prevent glare. You know, make sure they're adjusting the blinds so that way we're not getting eye strain points. And make sure they're using a headset because those employees who are on the phone a lot, they should be using a headset because you want to prevent neck strain. So something else that I wanted to bring to your attention is the going and coming rule and workers' compensation. Now, normally when somebody is injured, on their regular commute to and, to and coming from work is not compensable. That's their normal route. But with remote workers, the home is the secondary job site. So if you have an employee who is scheduled to work from home and they are required to come into the office that day, it's not their scheduled day to be in the office, but they are required to come in to attend a meeting, if they have an accident on their way into the office, that could be compensable. It's a normal commute, but for that day, it's not their normal commute because normally they would have been working from home. What if you have an employee who's working from home and they have to make a special trip into the office to pick up supplies? Well, if they have an accident coming in or going back home, that could be found to be work-related. So you want to be real careful when you're calling an employee in and asking them to come into the office when it's their scheduled day to work from home. So what can we do to prevent a going and coming injury? Well, limit the trips that your worker is required to come into the office. And try to schedule meetings when you know it's a day when all staff are required to be in the office. Now here at the JPIA, there's certain days they want everybody here in the office. And that's when we usually schedule our all staff meetings. So try to do something like that. So you're reducing the chance of somebody having an injury on their commute into the office. Something I also wanted to bring your attention um, is it's called the personal doctrine rule. And, you know, when you're in the office and let's say, you know, you get up from your desk to go grab yourself a cup of coffee and you slip, trip and fall, you know, that would be covered. You know, because that's in your normal course, you know, it's a personal doctrine. You're, you get injured on your way to go use the restroom. You know, maybe while you're having your break out in the outside, you trip when you're in the parking lot. You know, that would be covered. Well, that applies also to your employees who are working from home. So that all, you have an employee who leaves their, their desk area to go into their kitchen at home and trip. That could be found compensable. 
Of course, we would do an investigation to determine exactly what were they doing that caused them to trip and fall. You know, what were they going to get a cup of coffee or were they heading somewhere else? So what can employers do? For those who are allowing employees to continue to work from home, and I think it's the new future now for all of us, is you want to create a telecommuting policy. You want to make sure that you are performing an ergonomic evaluation on that, that employee's workstation at home. Now, there's a lot of places that do virtual ergonomic evaluations. A lot of you have um, employees of your own that do ergonomic evaluations. Have an employee who's working from home um, take pictures of their work area so you can look to see, you know, are the cords secured safely? Um, is there a lot of um, stuff around the desk area that could cause a, a trip and fall injury? Um, you want to do periodic checks at their home to identify, you know, is there any safety hazards? But I always encourage you to seek legal counsel first before you're going to go to somebody's home site. And I always feel it's a really good idea and everything I've been reading, they say set work hours and set a lunch hour for that employee. Because if you have an employee who has set time to work, it's eight to five and their set work lunch hour is 12 to one and they report an injury at 1230. Well, that is their lunch break. So that would help us determining whether or not the injury is compensable under workers' compensation. Some other things I kind of wanted, I was just kind of reading up a few things, um, some case laws that are starting to come out. And the majority of the case laws now that I'm reading and seeing from employees that are filing injuries that happen at home while working from home, most of them are being found to be compensable. So that's why we want to make sure that we are um, making sure we're setting work time for employees. We don't want an employee working at nine o'clock at night. You don't want an employee getting up at, you know, two in the morning because they can't sleep and deciding they're going to start, <coughs> excuse me, start their work day. So we want to be real careful. Everybody's going to get a copy of this handout, but also in the handout, I thought I would give you some resources. Now, if you don't have your own ergonomic people at your job site that can do an ergonomic evaluation for your remote workers. Here is a few companies that do um, ergonomic evaluations and a lot of them will do a virtual ergonomic eval. They do charge. So I just wanted to give you a forewarning. If you're going to have some assessments done, there may be a charge for it. Also on our website, we do have a remote work policy. If you don't have one already developed, you might want to take a look at ours. And then down below are some other um, free of charge um, resources that you could check out as far as um, remote working, setting up a home office, um, different checklists that you may want to to use when you're when you're getting somebody set up. The last slide is just my contact information in case you're not familiar with me. I think a lot of you, your names look familiar, so I know I've, I spoke with you on the phone or we've emailed each other. But I thought now, you know, that it's not a lot of information still for remote working. Um, and it's just some suggestions that we have to try to eliminate work injuries. But if 
you know, I thought I'd throw out some questions. If anybody has any questions or what ifs, um, we have some time still. We've got 10 minutes. So if you have any um, questions, I'll watch the chat and see if we have anybody who's had a situation come up so far. I can tell you that so far we've had one claim submitted for an injury that happened working from home, and it was actually an ergonomic situation where she started developing um, pain from her workstation, and the employer immediately got on it, got her area assessed, and she was fine. The file opened and closed pretty quickly with minimal pain on the claim. Okay, one of the questions is, yes, for exempt employees, it's a little hard. Um, because they're not paid hourly, they're a salaried employee, I would check with legal counsel on that. You know, we still want to, you know, even your exempt employees, you don't want them working at midnight, you know, and, and sustaining an injury because they're up in the middle of the night doing their work. But check with legal counsel on your exempt employees. Okay. Well, with that, I think we will wrap up our session for today. I hope you have enjoyed and, and this will give you a little nudge to maybe take a look at what your policy is and to uh, evaluate what your situation of doing ergonomic assessments and so on. And we will see you next time. Again, we'll be talking about generations in the workforce next time we meet next month. So thank you again so much, Melody. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And if anybody has any questions, just give me a call. I'm here in the office. Thank you for listening to Five. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review and leave a comment. Have a topic you would like to learn more about? Email us at podcast at aquajpia.com. Thank you to Cliff Diver Music for producing our music. And until next episode, thank you for making us a part of your day.